Welcome to Season 2 of History, Books, and Wine. We're your hosts, Lori Ann Bailey and Eliza Knight. We love sharing, so pour a glass of vino, and let's dive into the past. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of History, Books, and Wine. I'm your solo host today, Lorianne Bailey. And on this episode, I'm going to share with you the story of a huge chunk of stone with some pretty important significance, the Stone of Destiny. So pour a glass of vino with me and let's dive into the past. But first, I'm supposed to tell you what I'm drinking today. And there's a bit of a story behind that. Technically, this is the second time I'm recording this podcast. I've had a few learning pains as we jump back into recording. And uh, when I recorded this episode two weeks ago, I did so with my microphone on mute. So this is the second time you get me. And the first time I sat here and talked to myself apparently for 30 minutes because there was no volume on the software when I went in to edit it. So... Then I caught a cold, which delayed my re-recording a bit, but perhaps as we go over the content of today's episode, it will seem like fate, because now this episode will have a little more relevance. Last week, Queen Elizabeth II passed away in her home, Balmoral Castle in Scotland. Her reign was the longest of any British monarch and the longest recorded for any female head of state in history. When I originally recorded this podcast, I paired this episode with a yummy red blend called Pillars of Hercules. But now, to help keep my raspy throat at bay and to pay homage to Queen Elizabeth II, I will be having a dram of Glenlivet Single Scotch Whiskey. It's aged 12 years and is one of my favorite, right down to the little tingle that's on my lips with the first sip. So I'm raising my glass to Queen Elizabeth II. The Stone of Destiny has many names. The Stone of Scone, or Schoon, depending on how you pronounce it. The Coronation Stone, Jacob's Pillow Stone, and the Tannist Stone. So, hmm, what's the fuss over 335 pound oblong block of red sandstone. It's said that the stone sings out when the right monarch is crowned above it. Things get a little murky here, but the Scottish Stone of Destiny was at one time thought to have been a portion of the sanding stone on Terra Hill in Ireland, where Irish kings were crowned. The Irish Stone of Destiny is also referred to as Lyafell, And after my research on it, it seems that one day it might need its own podcast. But we're here today to talk about the Scottish Stone of Destiny that was brought to Scone or Schoon, Scotland, near Perth by Kenneth McAlpin around 841 AD. It resided in the Schoon Priory in Schoon. The Priory became an abbey at some point, and uh, from my research, it seems that a priory is regarded as a subordinate to an abbey. 
So I'm guessing this means that at one point the Priory was upgraded. But at this point, that doesn't even matter because the Abbey is now a ruin. But during this time, it stayed, the stone stayed in the Abbey and was used anytime a new Scottish king was coronated or crowned. The Schoon Abbey eventually became a ruin, but not before. In 1296, Edward I of England seized the stone to signify his claim that he was to rule over Scotland. The first time I used Instacart was with my sister. We were baking cookies and I'd forgotten the butter. Instacart to the rescue. Now I even use it when we're on vacation so our staples are delivered right to our door. Save yourself that trip to the market. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. They connect you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. Follow the link in our show notes and that lets Instacart know we sent you and help support our show. Plus, you'll get free delivery on your first order over $35. There's multiple stores available in most areas. Shop all your favorites on a single order. The products you love from local stores. Hand selected by shoppers based on your preferences. Delivery to your door in as fast as one hour. Instacart highlights deals to help you save money. Find everything you usually buy and get smart suggestions for new items. They pick the freshest produce and keep your eggs safe too. Let Instacart shop for you. The English king had a special throne with a shelf built into it to hold the stone. This was so that future kings and queens of England would sit above the rock when they were coronated. I'll try to add some images in our show notes. The stone remained in England until Christmas of 1950, when four university students led by Ian Hamilton stole the stone from Westminster Abbey. But in doing so, they broke a portion of it off. Yikes. Can you even imagine having such patriotic feelings for your country that you're willing to risk breaking into Westminster Abbey to steal a stone and then find out you're the person that's responsible for breaking something that means so much to your countrymen. Three months later, it turned up on the altar at Arbroath Abbey and was returned to England. Anyways, there is a movie. I watched it years ago about the whole incident. I think it's just called The Stone of Destiny. If you want to check it out, definitely do that. On St. Andrew's Day in November of 1996, the stone was returned to Scotland. There was a huge parade and ceremony to welcome it home. You can go to YouTube and watch a video on the procession. I did so when I was writing a book I was working on recently. It's a historical fiction true crime that I'm hoping one take to release. But I found that YouTube video uh, very helpful and it was nice just seeing, seeing the stone being returned and going up the Royal Mile toward Edinburgh Castle. And since it's returned, the stone has been at Edinburgh Castle and it will only be returned to England for future coronations. So as of now, I haven't seen a date, but the stone will soon be traveling to England for the coronation of King Charles III. In 2019, the Scottish government asked the people of Scotland if they preferred the stone remained in Edinburgh Castle in a new display or be moved to a proposed museum in Perth. 
And in December of 2020, the Scottish government announced that the stone would be relocated to Perth City Hall, which is near Scone, Scone, where Edward I stole it all those years ago. But as of this podcast, the stone is still housed and displayed in the Crown Room at Edinburgh Castle. Honestly, it's very close right now to where Queen Elizabeth II has just made her um, journey today, uh, a procession, a funeral procession for her. She is currently, as of this podcast while I'm recording, at Hollywood, which is down uh, the Royal Mile from Edinburgh Castle. Now, here are three fun facts that I learned while researching for this podcast. I came across this. According to one Celtic legend, the stone was once the pillow upon which the patriarch Jacob rested at Bethel when he beheld the visions of angels. From the Holy Land, it purportedly traveled to Egypt, Sicily, and Spain and reached Ireland about 700 BCE to be set upon the hill of Terra, where the ancient kings of Ireland were crowned. Thence it was taken by Kenneth MacAlpin, who became known as the first king of Dalreda, which is the historical kingdom of Ireland, and the Picts Celtic Scots who inhabited central and northern Scotland. But this fact has two inside it that I thought were really fascinating. First, Tara. I heard the name Tara and I automatically think Gone with the Wind. So, of course, then I had to look that up and realize that Tara in Gone with the Wind is named after Tara Hill in Ireland. And in Celtic and Gaelic, Tara means craggy hillside. In Scottish, it means a hill where the kings meet. Also, the second thing I learned from my research was that Encyclopedia Britannica is still around. And I really think that I'm going to start using it more often because I trust it a little bit more than I do Wikipedia, although I use Wikipedia all the time. Since learning that Anybody can contribute to Wikipedia. I'm a little bit nervous about using it because I want to make sure that the history that I'm writing about is a real history. And I think they do a great job of making sure that people that post there really know what they're talking about. But just to be safe, it's always nice to have a second resource. My second fun fact is... There is apparently no statute of limitations for the crime of theft in Scotland. So they sued England to have the stone returned. My third fact is more of a question. Is the current stone on display the original stone? There are two instances where it's speculated that the stone may have been switched out for a decoy, which could ring true because it appears to be red sandstone similar to that near Schoon. When Edward I took the stone from Schoon, it said the real one had been hidden to keep him from acquiring it. So who knows, there could be another stone of destiny hidden somewhere near Schoon that no one has found. Then the second time that the stone could have been replaced was when the group led by Ian Hamilton took it. 
Some hazard a guess that the original was hidden and a fake was given back to England. And strange fact here, Ian Hamilton eventually became a top QC in Scotland. And I totally had to look that up because I didn't know it, but it's a member of the Scottish Queen's Council, which of course now will have to be changed to KC because it would have to be the Scottish King's Council, which is really sad thinking about. But uh, Ian tries to distance himself from the incident, but did write a book called A Touch of Treason. And I just have to say, bravo, Ian. I love that title. I might have to steal it from me one day. No, just kidding. I wouldn't do that. So, the Stone of Destiny will always be one of Scotland's most valued treasures, but also one of its greatest mysteries. And it will soon be on its way to England to crown a new king. I wonder if we'll hear it sing. Hello, listeners. This is Lori, and I'm here to tell you that podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. We use Buzzsprout, and it's hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. You'll get a great-looking podcast website, detailed analytics, and more. Following the link in our show notes, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you. Get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and help support our show. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. So, what have I been reading? I just finished reading Furiously Happy by Jenny Lawson. I highly, highly, highly recommend this book. I originally picked it up because I have someone in my family that's dealing with um, some depression and anxiety, and I thought it might give me some insight into how they're feeling. Uh, It may have done a little bit of that, but more than anything, I laughed and I felt good. And uh, here's just a little bit of information about that book. In Furiously Happy, number one New York Times bestselling author Ginny Lawson explores her lifelong battle with mental illness. A hysterical, ridiculous book about crippling depression and anxiety. That sounds like a terrible idea, but terrible ideas are what Ginny does best. As Ginny says, some people might think that being furiously happy is just an excuse to be stupid and irresponsible and invite a herd of kangaroos over to your house without telling your husband. First, because you suspect he would say no, since he's never particularly liked kangaroos, and that would be ridiculous because no one would invite a herd of kangaroos into their house. Two is the limit. I speak from personal experience. My husband says that none is the new limit. I say he should have been clearer about that before I rented all those kangaroos. Most of my favorite people are dangerously fucked up. And you'd never guess because we've learned to bear it so honestly 
that it becomes the new normal. Like John Hughes wrote in The Breakfast Club, we're all pretty bizarre. Some of us are just better at hiding it. Except go back and cross out the word hiding. Furiously Happy is about taking those moments when things are fine and making them amazing because those moments are what make us who we are. And they're the same moments we take into battle with us when our brains declare war on our very existence. It's the difference between surviving life and living life. It's the difference between taking a shower and teaching your monkey butler how to shampoo your hair. It's the difference between being sane and being furiously happy. Lawson is beloved around the world for her inimitable humor and honesty. I'm sorry, I'm tripping up on that word and I can't get it right. And in Furiously Happy, she is at her snort-inducing funniest. This is a book about embracing everything that makes us who we are, the beautiful and the flawed and then using it to find joy in fantastic and outrageous ways. Because as Jenny's mom says, maybe crazy isn't so bad after all. Sometimes crazy is just right. And again, I cannot tell you how much I recommend this book. I recommended it to my daughter and my husband and they listened to the audiobook and both loved it. I've recommended it to my book club and everybody loved it. And yeah, you just have to Go get it. So instead of uh, reading the book, I listen to it. And I highly recommend that as well, because if you're not used to audiobooks, this is a great one to start with because the author reads it herself and she does a great job projecting her feelings into what uh, she's saying. So it's phenomenal. And now is the time in the show where I'm supposed to recommend a book of my own. And this month, I am going to recommend a novella, but I thought it was appropriate since we were talking about stones and this romance with a paranormal tilt centers around a special emerald stone that embodies the heart of Scotland. It's called The Highland Guard and His Lady. In the court of Mary, Queen of Scots, danger lurks around every corner. Oh, and I just have to interrupt right here in my little blurb reading to say that this takes place at Hollywood uh, Castle, which is where the Queen's body is right now. Leslie McKinnon is a protector of the heart of Scotland. She can read the past of any object she touches. Translating ancient tomes for the monks of Hollywood Abbey is the perfect cover for a secret mission until she discovers her predestined enemy is closing in. Duncan Douglas is captain of the guards and protector of the prince. When a bonny, secretive lass appears and catches the attention of the king consort, his only family, he must make an impossible choice. To protect Scotland, she must eliminate her greatest enemy. But when the challenge begins, Will he forgive her for destroying his family? I hope you enjoyed today's episode on the Stone of Destiny, and I hope we get to see its journey as a new king is crowned. Coming up, we have our first guest author, Georgie Blaylock, 
and Eliza's episode on the scandalous Mitford sisters. Thanks so much for joining me today. Have a great week. For more information about today's episode, click on the show notes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HistoryBKSWine for additional historical tidbits and updates. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to check out our episodes published weekly on Tuesdays. Until next time. Cheers! And happy reading. <laughs>